Thanks to Airbnb, presenting sponsor of African Tech Roundup's podcast miniseries on inclusive travel and tourism, recorded at the Africa Travel Summit. Visit Airbnb.com right now to discover and book unique homes, experiences, and places all over the world. They're all waiting at Airbnb.com. I'm Andy Lemasugu, and my guest on this podcast is Kenya's Minister of Tourism and Wildlife. He's a man who quite notably served in this capacity once before, from 2008 to 2012. Following his first stint in office, he was appointed chairman of the United Nations World Tourism Organization, before being asked to reassume his former cabinet position in 2015. Listen in for insights from a man credited with steering Kenya's tourism sector to recovery following the country's tragic post-election violence in 2008 and for being the chief architect of what is widely considered one of the continent's most progressive tourism policy and legal frameworks. This is an independent African Tech Rounder production. The opinions expressed by me, the host, and those of my guest do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the presenting partner, Airbnb. Hello, my name is Najib Balala. I'm the Minister of Tourism and Wildlife for the Republic of Kenya. Minister, it is a great honor to have you on our podcast. Welcome to the African Tech Roundup. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure. You obviously have this incredible reputation for the work you do for your country in terms of promoting its beauty, but also alongside that, drawing a very solid straight line between the importance of doing so and economic progress. Give me a sense of some of the most perhaps oversimplified aspects of what is involved in managing your portfolio. Well, first of all, government needs to be very facilitative. Yes. And uh, people think that government is always uh, an obstacle. And they always say that we don't want to deal with government. In my country, I have a very good relationship with the private sector. We have quite often roundtable meetings and we discuss what are the challenges and how do we solve them. So I don't leave the challenges of the private sector to be their problem. And they don't dump their challenges or, or problems to me as government to solve it. So we work a mechanism where we are going to get solutions. Then I become the champion of the sector in government and also making the private sector to be partners on how we're going to address these issues. That's why we have been very resilient in all the challenges we have gone through, from the bombing to the travel advisories that uh, normally Kenya and Africa gets. Uh, and we have overcome most of it. It's not easy. It's been tough. But you need a champion. You need somebody who appreciates and understands, because my whole life has been in the private sector, in the tourism. So I understand the other side of the private sector, but bringing it in government and try to make government appreciate these are our partners. And these are the simple things we have done. And it has brought results. Government also appreciates that we cannot do without the private sector. And they're the engine of growth. So we need to be facilitative rather of regulative. And that is the simple word I can use today. When you look at the private sector and its contribution within the space and its contribution to GDP, give me a sense, for example, for a country like Kenya, what is the space contributing to GDP? First of all, the, the, the sector that is the second in our economy is tourism. The first is agriculture. And it's, uh, 10% of our GDP is tourism. So our economic growth is about uh, 6%. So you could imagine how much tourism plays in that 6% growth. So the service industry makes it happen. But definitely it has its own challenges, how to cooperate with them. As much as we become facilitators in government, the, the private sector needs to take the lead. 
But again, uh, there is a traditional way of uh, maintaining the status quo on the key players. So I like what has happened here in this conference. Airbnb has disrupted the sector. Uber has disrupted the sector. And then we have the digital platforms like TripAdvisor that can now, instead of waiting government to rate hotels, what rate is it or what, uh, what classification it has, the people themselves evaluate the properties. And these are the disruptions that are good for the sector. I'm excited because I see things moving faster than even the industry have imagined. And for us, we decided that we are going to definitely uh, work together and collaborate with every disruptor and see how best we can transform and improve our sector. But again, it cannot be only an island of Kenya. It has to be across the continent so that when we benefit, everybody benefits. So somebody has asked me today that uh, where will be my next uh, vacation? I said my vacation can be anywhere. It doesn't mean that it has to be in my village or my country. It can be anywhere in Africa. And I, can, I want to feel uh, wherever I travel in Africa, I'm home. And my next vacation is going to be uh, going to see the gorillas in, in Rwanda. Home away from home, as it were. Yes, of course, yes. And I, I believe I'll enjoy it. So give me a sense of your filter for evaluating these disruptive influences. You've mentioned some, some from the outside, a lot of the influences disrupting pretty much the everyday life of African citizenry, not, not just sort of gig economy players within this industry, but technology at large, changing you know, consumer habits, the influence of mobile as a leading sort of technological trend on the continent. Give me a sense of your filter for what's good for the people that you essentially represent and, and seek the best interest for and what might be problematic or even something to avoid? Uh, I don't want to make the decision what is good and what is bad for the people. Today's world, the people will decide for themselves. And I've seen in the tech world that they already have their own self-governing systems. Okay, I need to monitor them because then when there's a blame, it becomes the government's blame. But I have interacted with the tech in Kenya uh, young people who are not conventional, and they have developed programs and technology to support the domestic market. And they have become operators themselves through simple applications, simple uh, interaction within that age group of the millennials. So I have seen the growth in the domestic market through technology as well as through the millennials. And that growth I have no control over but I've seen them developing it by themselves. But for me, I want to give them support and assurance that we are here to support them. Then also I have seen we are now using applications that will solve problems in the tourism sector. So I am in, in the process of developing an innovation hub. So I want to develop a tourism and wildlife innovation hub so that if I have issues or challenges, I crack them out on young people, and tell them, I have this challenge, please work it out for me, and they'll come back. And when I adopt it as a solution, the community will benefit from this uh, proceeds of that solution. That's a lovely segue to my next question, which is around market relevance. I think there's a lot of rhetoric from various quarters. A lot of it's from right here on the continent, but a lot of rhetoric coming from other places in the world that are you know, influential in our economics and influential in our, our policymaking. How do you 
establish market relevance. And, and I'm asking you again, specifically understanding that you have at some point in your career decided, you know, to put the mantle down and, and do other things. And you were called back into this very role because of the impact you've had. And I think it speaks to your ability to sense what Kenya needs in as far as growth within travel and tourism and, and now wildlife as well. So give me a sense of, you know, market relevance and how you frame that in your own mind. For me, I'm passionate about my job and uh, I do it with full commitment and I don't have an interest. So I keep my personal interests away from my job so that then I give full commitment to my job. But definitely I believe in sound research. So when I define what is a market relevance, I do a serious research and from that research then I can make a decision. Then these are the options we have and how do we develop a strategy to go to that market. So our key markets in, in Kenya is the United States, Britain, Germany, China, and India. So these are the five markets. So we develop then specific strategies to capture this market because our budgets are always going to be cut every day, going to be small budgets. So how do we optimal? utilize our little resources to spread to our key markets without being seen, ignoring the rest of the world. So then this is a, the, the decision we make, and, and so far it has been working. So slowly we are now moving to the conventional way of marketing to the digital way of marketing. So we spend more resources on digital marketing rather of physical marketing. And then the next step, we are trying to have a lean organization that we don't spend much of our money in admi administering, but in delivering uh, the products to the source markets. We're taking a moment to thank the presenting sponsor for this series, Airbnb. Can you imagine a world without travel? We certainly can't. And that's why at African Tech Roundup, we reckon that the opportunity to travel and experience everything our world has to offer should be something everyone can enjoy. Airbnb happens to think so too. They also believe that Africa's travel and tourism industry can do a lot to sustainably empower and economically elevate underserved communities, which is why they hosted the first ever Africa Travel Summit in Cape Town's Walanga Township in 2018, where this series was recorded. Airbnb can't wait to put you on to millions of unique homes, experiences, and places all over the world. Book now at airbnb.com. And now, let's get back to the conversation. What do you think would need to change wholesale on the African continent for Kenya's biggest tourism market to be the rest of Africa? I think people, they don't know Africa enough. Uh, and we need to make sure that the product is on their faces, that this is Africa. And it is not the, 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 the stigmatization of Africa being one, continent, one country. And the image is about poverty and, and diseases and uh, corruption and wars. No. The image is beyond the traditional image. The traditional image of Zimbabwe, Zambia, Kenya, Tanzania is all about safari. So we're still in that colonial thing. I think we need to go beyond the colonial thinking that Africa has diverse products, have the people, have culture, have heritage, have beaches, have the safari without any doubt. Because we are a large country and we are authentic. But we have beyond the stigmatized and the, the, the one image of one continent, one product. This needs to come out. And this is what we are working now with colleagues 
Very soon we'll have a, an African Union Council of Ministers of Tourism discussing this. And, and Zimbabwe's minister is the chair of that caucus. Shout out to you, Zimbabwe. The, the lady uh, minister. Uh, so she's chair of the caucus. And we in Kenya have, have accepted to host it. So we can create a platform where we can discuss and negotiate and talk about the continent. Because if people think Africa as one is dangerous, they'll never even come to Kenya. How do you advance a constructive brand Africa image while maintaining sort of competitive advantages that make people think of Kenya first before, say, Rwanda or Zimbabwe for that nature. Is there conflicting interest, do you think? I think we need uniformity. We need infrastructure to be worked together. We need security to be worked together. We need product development to be worked together as well. So we don't see ourselves as competitors, but we see as collaborators. And then if I have clients coming to Zimbabwe, I'm happy for you. It's as if they have come uh, to Kenya. Because if those clients, they don't even come to Zimbabwe, they'll never come to Kenya as well because the whole image is negative. So there is this discussion about, yes, brand Africa, but brand Africa is not about developing an entity or a vehicle because then there is where the fight will start. We want to develop a brand Africa that we have 50 countries, we have 50 products we can offer. And everybody can get a share of this cake. So that is fundamental for us to appreciate. And that discussion in Nairobi next month is crucial because we want to make people understand and appreciate this is the way we want to go. Not one country, not one entity, but 50 other products that we are developing and we are presenting to the world. And so I'm really hopeful that contributing to that aim or to that end might be the African Union's single air travel market. How do you feel about that notion? And I suppose it's far more than a notion at this point, but I'm hopeful that, you know, if this lives up to its potential, a visitor to Zimbabwe could very well be the very same visitor on the same trip to Kenya. And, and why? Because it's so much cheaper to fly, so much easier, more convenient, etc. So perhaps this is my last question, because they have been rounding me up for the last two minutes. Uh, give me your sense on, you know, this, the single air travel market and what you think it could achieve. I believe in Africa and I believe these things will work. Maybe not as fast as what I want, because again, we, we have been mentally colonized to be suspicious against each other. That's why we are not coming out from this hangover of trusting each other. And, and this one single air travel policy, one single destination, or looking at Africa as, as one homogeneous, it might not be technically homogeneous, but how do you work together as a team? And I believe it will work because we have created Kenya, Uganda, and Rwanda one visa. So we have one uni visa for three countries. Why can't we create one visa for the entire continent? So it would be easier and cheaper to travel from Kenya, from the beaches of Mombasa, to the wilderness migration, to the source of the Nile, to the gorillas. Yeah? And then we go down to Cape Town, and then we go to the Okavango uh, Delta, and then look at the desert of Namibia. Yeah, Kalahari. So all these things, we can do it. But again, uh, at least uh, there's now some good thinking in the Council of Ministers, and we are, we, are, we are heading there. I'm optimistic, and I believe my colleagues also are very supportive, and there's a political will this time to get things done. 
Well, Minister Najib Balala, thank you so much for being on the African Tech Roundup. Thank you. Thank you, Andile. Thank you.